That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. The alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sutner. What up? This is Myron, and this is episode 15 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. The alternative underground back alley secret society speakeasy dive bar style fan podcast about the Seattle Mariners. It is June. 10th Friday June 10th the Red Sox are coming into town I happen to still be up here in Seattle I'm actually out on a, a patio or a veranda here on a Queen Anne Hill it seems to be a nice day a nice crisp uh, day for baseball hopefully uh, the sun will come out a little bit so there will be uh, no roof tonight but if there's a roof that's okay we love our T-Mobile Park um, today on episode 15, we recorded this last night. Uh, we get into obviously a wrap up of the road trip really quickly and then really focus and just hunker in on uh, the brush up, the altercation, the almost fight, the brewing situation between the Astros and the Mariners. We give our takes on that and what we've seen. Uh, we also uh, go back and dive into maybe the best Mariner fight uh, known as the Baltimore fight. There's been a lot of articles, uh, lots of videos out there. This is the fight that happened in 1993. We kind of sink into that. And then we just, uh, you know, briefly talk about what we want to see here in the uh, upcoming Red Sox series. And on this episode, uh, I have myself, Parmesan LeBron, on the mics and over the phone, on the hotline, on the rye bread mustard hotline. I got Chris Copacino again. Copy, he's back. And of course, I got Hanno and Edmonds on the hotline as well. And just want to say thanks for everybody listening, liking, subscribing, and writing reviews. If you have not written a review and you like the show, go uh, rate it, write a review. If you have not liked and subscribed and you're just listening all the time, quit being creepy. Come on, like and subscribe. Help us out. It helps the podcast out. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up. And let's get into episode 15 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. You left too early last week. You broke it down. (laughs) So you want to know the origins of the name Parmesan LeBron? I think I speak on behalf of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, The story is, uh, has anyone seen the pizza kitchen that I ever worked in? Yeah, down at uh, that place. Yeah. Um, so, just like LeBron James with his baby powder, throwing it in the air, that was my technique with the flour on the table when we were starting our dinner prep. And I would throw the flour in the air like LeBron James. So, it's just a map over. It's a homage to... LeBron throwing the, you know, baby powder in the air before he goes on the court. Before you were to start running the pizza parlor, you'd take the Parmesan and you'd throw it in the air. Yeah. Mm. I dig it. Uh, Not the Parmesan, the flour. Sorry. Sorry, you're not a chef, so I get it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. All right, so you're happy with this road trip, right? I mean, that's a pretty fucking uh, Ron Fairley-style question, right? It's obvious. Captain Obvious, love it. Six and three on the road trip? Yeah, I'm fired up about winning a series in Houston. That's what I, but yeah, great road trip. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we hadn't won a series there what since twenty eighteen. If th- I didn't realize that, that's a long, that's a long time and a lot of series to not win. Yeah, and I think we were like five and thirty six or something like that, or maybe it was five. Good and God! What was it, Hannah? Was it five and thirty six or five and twenty six? Either one's terrible. No, I was gonna say. I mean, we come a long way. Three years ago, we were one and eighteen versus them. The Astros last year, we were uh, eight and four. For eight and eleven, and it's just nice to be uh, playing good ball against the Astros, especially down there. It's that five run, uh, five run number, right? Like, if you can get good enough pitching and hold them four or five runs, you got a chance to win. I mean, that's most games, but especially the Astros. And Logan Gilbert held it down. I think that was his third straight quality start yesterday. But against that lineup, just okay, we're going six innings, three runs, give you know, and really it all came in basically an inning. Uh, give my team a chance to put them up, and uh, we were texting about it. But big dumper uh, continues Cal, to hit. Cal Raleigh, and uh, you're, yeah, right. Thank you, listeners. And then, uh, and then uh, Jesse Winker came through with the single. Just good stuff all around. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up for them to come home against Boston. We'll see. Boston's playing really good, so we'll see what it looks like. We'll do. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, I'm excited. Yeah, I. I... I mean, all three of the games were good games. Uh, all three of the games were pretty close. All three of the games were played pretty intensely. Um, you know, starting with game one, uh, everybody's, you know, including myself, a little worried about Robbie Ray, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with like maybe not having his stuff still. And, you know, even Logan in this last game where they're like, he didn't have his stuff. But you could say that, or does Houston just have a, you know, lineup that, you know, from one through nine can hit your best stuff. It feels like a team that maybe you could throw your best pitch and they would be able to, you know, once in a while hit it and hit it hard and, and, you know, sometimes in the seats. I think that's a good point. I mean, you look at Houston's lineup. They're just, it's long, right? There's not a lot of holes in it where we've talked about our lineup and given some of the injuries and underperformance and that kind of thing, you know, there are some holes and, and therefore when you have no holes, Someone's going to run into one. You can get a couple guys on. Guys can get a hit, and that's how you score four or five runs a game. And you score four or five. I, I would love to do the do the math on over the course of a season. You know what that you know what that magic number is for playoff teams and what they score, and um, you know and 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 the probability of them getting into the playoffs because you could do that analysis. And I bet it's probably five and a half. You know, five five and a half runs a game. You do that a game. Uh, you have a good chance of winning, you know, two out of three, which puts you uh, at 100-plus wins. Yep, it's four series in a row. What, two out of three, two out of three, two out of three. I'm looking for us to hopefully, you know, 
run into a nice little streak, do a little streaking. But, uh, you know, I'm happy with these series wins. This is kind of what we've been talking about. Two out of three, two out of three, two out of three. You end up being, you know, six out of ten, seven out of ten. You look at our last ten. What's our last ten? Seven and three. That's where we want to be. That rhymed. Uh, might be a t-shirt. Might be a bumper sticker. Maybe it could just be another podcast. I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of things to be excited about. I mean, to me, we were, you know, a two-and-a-half-foot foul ball away from sweeping that series. That was kind of tough in game two when Toro had the bases loaded, had that uh, ball down the line that was just foul, and then it it was it turned into a double play. And in fact, I missed the actual call when that happened. I was in a tunnel uh, listening to the game, and I came out, and it was, you know, they were... Rick Riz or and Dave Sims were reading the uh, ending totals, <laughs> and I looked down, saw the text thread, saw your uh, reaction, Kopi, and I knew that was probably our chance in game two. That's a very that's a very throwback story, Myron. The the idea of you driving and uh, hitting a tunnel and those AM radio waves not being able to maneuver the tunnel in the in the in the era of streaming. I appreciate that. And remember, you can't score any runs unless you get some hits. All right, now let's get a hitter up there. You kid, what's your name? Ruth, sir. Ruth, Ruth, what? George Herman Ruth, sir. But my friends call me Babe. Babe. Another Babe Ruth. Well, step up to the plate, Babe, and maybe swat out a few. Hey, Turk, chuck a few into the next Babe Ruth. When you've got a well-known name, people expect a lot. We've got a beer named after the city that means beer, Old Milwaukee. It's a tough name to live up to, but Old Milwaukee is one of the fastest growing major beers in the country. Tell me, babe, you don't happen to know any kids named Garrick, do you? Old Milwaukee beer tastes as great as its name. Uh, can I ask a loaded question to the three of you? What, what was your favorite uh, moment of the series win in Houston. Can I ask you that question? It was the that, loaded in, question. that inning right there. That inning where Toro got out. <laughs> who, who, no, I mean, it really was Julio, Julio, right? Julio starting off that inning. Yeah, the Same setup more. for it was great. Yeah. I mean, him almost getting picked off, right? Mm-hmm. Rattling, rattling the pitcher, Montero, to the point where he, he couldn't get a strike across. Right, we get the bases loaded, and all Toro has to do is not ground into a double play. Right, it's like any pilot's going to tell you that's like, like don't you know, don't don't hit that object. Okay, and he's not a big double play guy. He's a pop it up guy, but I don't think of him as a double play guy. So that that kind of hurt. What did you think about that, Hannah? Yeah, it's good analysis there by Parmesan. I mean, Julio really was affecting it. The his pitching, you know, to get him off balance, get the bases loaded. And, yeah, the one thing we didn't want to happen happened and killed that rally and cost us a chance to win that game. But other than that, Toro had a somewhat okay series. And, Kobe, what was your most exciting part of that series then? Let me ask you the same question. I'll I'll answer that question. I want to say before that, that was a very deep-cut answer, uh, Parmesan LeBron, on your favorite moment, uh, which I appreciated every last uh, word of 
my favorite uh, moment was without uh, a doubt, especially with how the season turned out and what or season where how the series turned out, and then after um, what happened after. But uh, the, the fight, the, the not the fight, the dust up. The I, I love every bit of it because we won that game. Um, you know, we we've been having it shoved at us by uh, the Astros for 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 several years. And they obviously went after France, you know, um, two outs pitched behind him or, you know, on the backside of him, obviously meant for him. And Service wasn't having it. And he was pissed. I mean, he, he was the first guy out of that dugout when they started barking at him. And uh, I loved every minute of that. You know, we talked about Service last podcast and, and you know, and if there's one knock on Service, I've even thought it before, you know, I've kind of had this kind of thought that, Man, he's, you know, he's pre-reserved. I'd love him to get fiery sometimes, you know, and he'll get thrown out from time to time, but I just love him to show a little bit more emotion. You know, the guy, the coach on the other end who he was yelling at and he was yelling that they were exchanging shit back and forth was the same guy from last year, right? When after Dylan Moore hit the home run and uh, uh, Crawford got hit or they tried to hit him, right? Like three times. And then I think it did hit him or did they miss him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they tried to hit their target a bunch of times and miss. It was very obvious. Nothing happened last year. Now something happened. I just love that idea that there's simmering stuff going on. It makes it even more intriguing. And I just love that Scott Service got uh, downright pissed and wasn't taking it anymore. And then, you know, they won the game. They won the series. And it feels even better. But I just, I really like that. And, uh, you know, maybe it brings them together a little bit. What did you think, Anna? I like the next at bat after that situation where uh, Julio came to the plate and uh, improved on, or yeah, is improving on his superstardom and hit a big time home run to give him the lead. Showed that emotion running across the plate and was pumped up for his team. So that was my favorite part of the series. Yeah, he went up there and shoved the nail up the ass of that coffin. You know, that's basically <laughs> what he did right there. And here's the crazy thing. If you go back to the brawl, I never watched any of this because I wasn't watching the game. Again, listening to it, I was on the phone with actually Parmesan LeBron. We both missed this. We were just talking on the phone, and I looked down at my phone, and I had about 18, 19 texts. Like my thread with you guys, my text message just with Hanno, my text message with Hanno and Chris, uh, my grandma, Grandma Norma was hitting me up, giving me the play-by-play. My mom, who was down in San Diego, said, I heard the benches uh, cleared. I'm like, what is going on? I turn on the radio. They're kind of sorting things out now at this point. I actually hadn't sat down there and really looked through everything until we were just about to record right here. And I watched it, you know, a dozen times and there's a few moments in there, but one that ties into this, I saw when Julio had a hold of the pitcher. Right? Yep, exactly. That's a definite thing that happened. That was cool. And then he goes, yeah. he's, he's hugging him. He's talking to him. And then a couple of minutes later, he's taking him fucking yard. I mean, <laughs> if that ain't, if that ain't like something out of WWE, you know, like it, I don't know what it is. It was just so like, hey, let me calm you down. Look, man, it's just a game. It's just a game. We're just, hey, look, we're all friends out here. Doesn't matter. Two minutes later, it's like, boom, fucking jackpot. You know, it's gone. You know, he just all, fucking it ruined all, your it shit. Always come, it always comes back to wrestling with you. It does. 
everything will come back to wrestling or the Kennedy assassination or maybe the OJ trial. That's about it. Those are that's my that's my that's my <laughs> Bermuda Triangle of Byron. Okay, you get in there, you're gonna get lost. You ain't getting out. There may be no greater thrill in sports than the crack of a bat and the roar of a crowd as a small cowhide-covered ball hurtles a distant fence. It's baseball. Seattle Mariners baseball in the kingdom. And there is no greater enjoyment than being there. The game starts at 7.35 and not a moment before because, as the Mariners have always said, there will be no game before it's time. I, uh, I, you know, I, what I actually appreciated about it, uh, beyond service getting pissed and it feeling like it brought the Mariners together and what, what Julio did, which, you, you know, you guys captured well, which I totally agree with. I actually appreciated that there wasn't a brawl because I liked the idea that there's a simmering fucking hatred and general kind of on edgeness that will exist every game they play now through the end of the year. And that's what fun, that's what rivalries are about. That's what's fun. That's like what the Hawks had with San Fran back in the Harbaugh days and the Legion of Boom days. They, they hated each other. And then they went out there and took it to them and, and you could see it after the whistle. Sometimes it would dust up. I think you're going to continue to see some of this carry on all year. And if it's not uh, direct confrontation, it's, celebrations after good stuff happens it's fuck yous along the way and um i'm here for every last bit of it i mean yeah it does well, it's go, hard to believe. go ahead go ahead Hannah. i was gonna say well it's hard to believe that nothing else happened i mean the next batter after him was jp crawford he got i don't remember what he did but then eugenio suarez got buzzed near the helmet you know right. and right. you had a couple of eje- right. ejections and you don't have ejections on one side and you have them on the other, that's usually what gets the uh, dugouts chirping. Where it's totally. like, if that guy's thrown out, how come my guy's and like, well, fuck you, because you did this. No, fuck you, you did this. That's kind of how it seems like that's how that one was going. And it was pretty interesting, though, watching the tape. Again, let's stick into my uh, Bermuda Triangle. Like the Sapruder tape. Um, I was, you know... <laughs> Everybody was coming out of the dugouts. I was rewinding, and they were going back to the left, back to the left. No, but uh, I did notice the people that were charging out of the the dugout. It, Scott Service led the led the led the brigade, as as we've seen. Mm-hmm. But who was number two? Who's right behind him? Jesse Winker. Jesse yeah. Winker. And listen, listen, I'm all about it. Look, if you're hitting the way he's hitting and contributing the way he's only uh, contributing, he should be out there kicking somebody's ass. Yeah. You know, hey, I mean, do something. I, I I just hope he wouldn't throw a roundhouse and fucking miss. Sorry. That was <laughs> no, Jesse was out there. Uh, uh, a couple of other guys. Dylan Moore was uh, pretty amped up. I did see this this part of the tape where Dylan Moore was kind of coming down towards home plate, towards the Astros dugout, saying something to somebody. I'd have to go back and see. I think it might have been Maldonado. And uh, I could be wrong, but he tries to go towards more Astros and Dusty Baker steps right in front of him and says, hey, where the hell do you think you're mm-hmm. going? Right, right. And it was great just to, just to interject. The field mic picked up some of that and so you could hear some of that chatter, which was amazing. Yeah, so it, it is. Mind. The announcers did a great job in this and just kept it quiet except for a couple of you know, remarks in there. I have heard 
some uh you know brawls in the past and like and the guys are talking and you know announcing it again yes bermuda triangle starts to sound like wrestling announcing of this going down and takedowns here and this and that (laughs) they kept it quiet but on this one i mean they didn't keep it quiet they just run you know they're just really amping up the action where this this time they kept it quiet so if you go and look up you know, some of the uh, footage, if you Google this and go back, you can find, like, the – you want to find, like, the three- or four-minute cut. There's, like, a bunch of 90-second ones going around. But you right, find that three- right. or four-minute one, it's it's really good. There's some interesting, uh, you know, conference – like, there's some interesting groups of people talking to each other. Uh, and it just seems like, yes, it's going to – it's been building up. And, it, and I'm surprised and really uh, – Really surprised and, you know, happy that the Mariners also, being a young team, didn't let that get to them. They didn't go out there and engage in this shit the next two days. Yeah. Uh, I really liked when Frazier had that hard slide into second base. Also, game three, you had, you know, Julio getting hit twice. But, look, we dropped game two. We needed to get out of Houston with game three. They didn't, you know stoop to that level of going and retaliating. They just went and they took care of business. And guess what? When they come here in Seattle and we're up by a few or down by a few in a game, I think they're going to, you're going to see, you're going to see this escalate. I think they're just waiting to, you know, kick their ass in their own backyard. Uh, Going back to the wrestling idea, I I would have loved, and it's never going to happen because it's not, it's not good baseball. There'd be suspensions. It's Bush League. It's all these things. But wouldn't you have loved if, if Service was like, uh, you know, I'm going to make a change to the starting rotation tomorrow. I'm going to use an opener tomorrow. It's going to be Sergio Romo. And then Flexen will come in behind him. And then first pitch to Altuve. Just drill him. Yeah. Sergio Romo. Would, I mean, like, it's just been amazing, right? Just, four, just, just a three-and-a-half-foot you know, foot high fastball that drills Altuve in his shoulder, and it's on. You know, like, let's do this. Well, Munoz buzzed Altuve in that third game. I mean, it wasn't on purpose, but he had 101 right near the head. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's so, that's a fun thing to keep us going all year, though, right? Yeah, we're 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 looking for things, we're projecting, and 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 I, I agree with Myra. I think at some point it's gonna it's gonna come back with some intensity and, and vigor. What's our two big bearded guys? We have Romo. They're not big, but it was like Romo and who else had a beard? It was like all the guys with beards were kind of like, if you go back to that, like standing together in this fight, it just looked like we had this like <laughs> a biker set, you know, ready, to, <laughs> ready to go. And like there, like there was a Jiffy Lube that was like understaffed at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Easy for you. Need help? Yeah, and I've got 10 minutes to get to the radio station. Ah, here's the problem. Is it for you? Ever listen to KBLY? Should I? Stetson Cologne. Comfortable, easy to wear. And for that great smelling guy who started my car, I get off at six. Easy to wear, hard to resist. Stetson Pants. You want to know what what else I thought was interesting that I was thinking about was I did see the backup I mean not the backup I saw the bullpen catcher out there, uh, um, oh gosh what is his name I he gave me a ball last year I saw that too I love that he was out there in his full gear like fuck it I'm going out there yeah and I was telling Hannah you know what they should and Parmesan I was going instead of look I don't want any of the players to get hurt or anything like that. 
That always sucks. But what if it was take a page out of hockey, right? And, you know, like when there's like a clean fight, they drop their gloves and then there's like, all right, everybody back up. These two dudes are fighting until somebody goes down. What if we just had our bullpen catchers? Like we just had some nasty bullpen catchers and it was like, all right, I want to challenge you to a duel. You want to challenge, do you agree to the duel? Okay, we have our bullpen catchers. Or you just let the managers and coaches fight because it's like if they break their fingers or they're in a cast or whatever, it doesn't really matter. So I'm all for that. I love it when the managers are about to fight. But, yeah, what if there was a designated fighter, just like you said, there should be a designated uh, pitcher for blowouts? Kofi, what do you think about that wild idea? I like the idea of, of just a team goes out and finds a bullpen catcher who might have some MMA training just for that yeah. just for that very reason. And then, he just, and, and then he's like Jason Bourne, just kicks everyone's ass. Yeah, what do you think, Hanno? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. All the catchers get out there, they throw their gear off. That means, like, in hockey, like you were saying, dropping the gloves and they go after it. Yeah, that's a wild idea. Yeah, like the the version of a hockey goon for each, uh, you know, each team. I'm guessing my uh, year of being a Kraken fan, now I'm I'm a little bit, like, kind of bleeding into my uh, baseball. What do you think, Parmesan? Yeah, we're definitely sensing that between wrestling and hockey, I I think you've got uh, that mixed into baseball a little bit too much. I'm ready for a mix-up. You know, on on this little dust-up here, I mean, culture-wise, you don't want to be picking fights with losers, right? Why are we going to go fight the A's, right? We're going to fight the Astros, right? We're letting them know that we're coming. Right, we it might not be this year, it might be, but we're letting them know right now. We're putting them on notice that this is happening. We're not backing down, and we're going to go win series in Houston, and this is going to continue going forward. But for baseball, I mean, it's it's a, I mean, right now it's a very important thing to you know to to stand your ground against against a team like the Astros. There there is, um, there's nothing more important than than and doing that right now for our team on, on the run that we're making, right? That was, that was kind of the, the shift where we could have easily lost the series against Houston and, you know, kind of stopped our momentum. But, um, right. It started out as a party, but turned into a case of the missing case. Groovy shindig. Oh, it's okay, doll. Oh, it's not. There's a case of Miller Lite missing. Oh, who took it? Somebody in this room. Rodney! Hey, guys, take it easy, will you? Why'd you do it, Rodney? Cause light tastes great? Yeah! Cause light's less filthy. Yeah! I didn't do it. Well, I'm not even Rodney. (laughs) You! I thought it was a costume party. Great mask, huh? But if he didn't do it, who did? figure out who took that case. Oh, Mickey, you did. Not exactly. Hiya, dog. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'm glad we didn't go dancing. It's no mystery that there's only one light beer, Miller Light. All right. So, so we saw just up in uh, in Houston, and uh, Myron brought up the point uh, earlier uh, about the Balta Balta uh, brawl. 29 years ago this week and uh, I think we should talk about that a little bit because I, I, I saw I follow there's a great follow on uh, Instagram Martin I think you follow Vintage Mariners they posted about it on that day and I watched that full video and I've seen that video a lot of times and it's, it's, it's probably the best fight in 
Mariners history. Wasn't Most it on vicious. the same Last... day? Was it to the day, the same day, right? June 6th? Yes, it was. Wow. So it was the same day, huh? That's why I'm just reading. Do you remember... Hanno, do you remember why Houseman charged the mound? Did he? Did someone hit a home run and they got thrown at? Like, I don't understand. I don't remember what happened so, to that. So during that game, um, Fazio threw a couple behind the Orioles players. Uh, the second one was actually behind former Mariner Harold Reynolds. And then later on, Hasselman, Bill Hasselman hit a home run in his next at bat. He was seen a dot at him first to try fastball on the left shoulder. And that's what got it going. And Hasselman didn't waste any time. He was, yeah. he was ready. Yeah, and when Hasselman took him deep, too, there was a little bit of that brewing earlier. And I think the, I believe Baltimore was up four to one. Um, when this happened in the game, five to one, five to one in the game. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a little bit of breathing room to do something like that versus what we had down in, in, in Houston. Uh, what's crazy? I mean, that fight, if you want to see a real good fight, that's a, that's a good one. That's one where just things start, things seem like they're going to cool off. Then another one, it's just like wildfires all over the, all over the place. At one point, the announcer on the, on the it's 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 Ron Fairley and who do we have Chip? Did we have Chip Carey or somebody like that back then? We had yeah, Chip that's correct. What Chip Chip Carey sidebar on Chip Carey? He used to crack me up because he used to do these interviews with players, and he was like twenty six years old, and he'd be like interviewing Bill Hasman, who's like twenty seven years old, and be like, "Well, Bill." I feel like you got a good head on your shoulders. Like, fuck you, man. You're younger than me. <laughs> yeah. In the OJ documentary that they have on one of the, the 30 for 30 films, it's actually not hit the OJ documentary. It's the um, uh, June 12th, 1994, uh, or is it June 17th, 1994, the day like when the chase went was going on. And they used the Mariners game from uh, Kansas City. The Mariners were playing the Royals. They're using that game to tie in that kind of footage. And it's Chip Carey on all the calls, which just sounds really <laughs> weird to me. But it always comes back to OJ. So you were saying, but you were saying about the, the, the announcers in that game on the clip that you should watch. Yeah. Chip uh, on the call. He's like, Oh, it's just going on. And they're like, this is, this is getting out of hand. This is terrible. He was Vince McManning the hell out of it. And then he goes, <laughs> and then at one point he goes, I think they're going to need to get the authorities down here to get to settle. this. <laughs> you got to hear it. And then, and then of course, you know, Ron fairly captain obvious as you guys like to call him. He's like, you don't want to get in there. That's when someone comes over and gives you one of those blind sides. I mean, it is it it, it is it is fun. There's a lot of other interesting things in that fight. <laughs> At one point, Ken Griffey Jr. has a hold of Jamie Moyer, but Jamie Moyer is a Baltimore Oriole. Uh, the Randy Johnson, Rick Sutcliffe uh, lineup uh, uh-huh, I mean, head up uh-huh. that was like you know Kane versus the Undertaker, two just big, yeah. two, two big boys. And then Eric, two assholes, yeah. two assholes fighting with each other. Yeah, and then and then Eric Hansen kind of comes comes in. It's like another one mm-hmm. of the big twin towers come coming into fight. And Norm uh, Charlton, Norm Charlton got went all full red ass on that one. He yeah. wanted to fight everyone. I think he, I think he actually fought a two B Mariner Arthur Rhodes at one point in that fight. He does, and at, he he walks back to the dugout by himself at one point. And he just looks like he's going to get a gun out of his car or something like that. It's like the sheriff's walking away. What's he going to do? Is he going to get a chair? Is he going to get a weapon? It was uh, That was a good one. Uh, Tino Martinez 
at one point is in a fight, taking somebody down, then later being a peacemaker. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the people around the outside I thought was fun to look at was Henry Cotto. Remember Henry Cotto? Henry Cotto. He was very, all of a sudden, he was just kind of hanging out around the outside. And then about, I mean, this is an eight, nine minute fight. No, it's a 20 minutes it took to do this. But the video I'm watching is about eight, nine, 10 minutes. About towards the end, Henry Cotto is having to be held back from somebody. <laughs> And then, yes, we forgot about, it's like, Musina and Hasselman. I think Hasselman might have got injured in that uh, fight. He did. I think he got, like, kind of cut over his eye. And the, the other story about that fight that I remember was, I remember the story where Cal Ripken uh, got hurt in that fight. He did. He got, like, rolled up on, and, and, and he almost broke his streak because of that fight. Yeah, that that is a story I've heard before. Another interesting thing that happens in – uh, you know, at the end of this fight is when they're giving out the ejections, and Lou Pinella was not happy about it. And oh yeah, he gets he gets he gets thrown out, and he does a full Lou. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, and you want to know what's interesting about this? That was the very first time he was ever ejected from a Mariners game as a Mariners manager. <laughs> so there is some origins to the sweet Lou you know ejections that we started to you know fall in love with, and you know identify him. Uh, you know, identify him with started right there. That was his very first ejection. And yeah, there's a lot of like Mariner, ex Mariner, uh, I mean, ex Mariners and uh, future Mariners in this fight. You have Mark McLemore over uh, in Baltimore, Jamie Moyer, um, and yeah, Arthur Rhodes. Future umpire Jeff Nelson. Joe, yeah, Nelly gets in there too. I mean, this is, this is yeah. a great fight. Uh, you know, to our listeners, go go and watch it. This is this is there's a lot of steroids in there. You know, Brady Anderson's mm-hmm. in there. Uh, this is a this is that <laughs> yeah. this is that juiced up crazy era. So it, it people are just looking for fights. Now here's Lenny Randall with the Mariners beat the Red Sox. Catching baseball. And all like all kidding aside about like fighting and gratuitous violence. It is interesting to kind of think about, like, because I, I think uh, I saw this clip this week on social, and I think it was maybe an anniversary of this when uh, Lenny Randall uh, bunted just to take out the uh, the pitcher of Easton Eckler. You know, he, he bunts, and the pitcher comes over to field it near the line, and he leads the baseline by a good 10 feet and just, just trucks him. I have you know, not. Like, I'm going to as soon as this podcast is over. Look that up. That sounds awesome. Watch, watch, watch Lenny Randall bunch of fight, and it is just vicious, right? Like it's like he goes head hunting, or like Albert Bell. Remember when he did that? Like when he went to second base to Fernando Vina, um, right? Like there was a different. It's a different era of things, and I think he's softened, and I think it's probably a good thing for violence and not turn this into political conversation. However, like. You know, you see you see clips of the old uh, '80s uh, and early '90s NBA, and I mean, they threw down. I mean, yeah. there was legit 
fights. And, you know, I, and, and you just don't see that anymore. I think it's probably, you know, the corporatization of sports and just the kind of the, the understanding of like, yeah, probably don't probably need to lose our shit that way. But it's interesting how it's kind of like become more the exception and a big damn deal when it does happen. Then then kind of if you go back and watch those, like it happened a lot. Like Larry Bird, those series with the, you know, with with, with either, you know, against the uh, the Lakers or in the Eastern Conference Finals, the bad boys. I mean, they used to fight all the time. Yep, yep, the Kevin McHale, uh, Kurt Rambis thing. And, you know, in baseball, if you just go back and you watch, you know, uh, go watch Lou Pinella's uh, Yankees in the late 70s. They were dusting it up all the time with teams, like all the time. And you know what's mm-hmm. really crazy? I watched a fight with Lou Pinella. I believe it was against the Red Sox. It's like... In the late it was 70s. Rob Dibble. It was in the locker room. Well, I, the, yeah, there's that one too. <laughs> <laughs> but I seen where he, I couldn't remember who he slid into at third base, and they just got in this huge brawl. Like everybody came out there rolling around, and then all of a sudden they're just, you know, like the the uh, like clip is showing him moments later, and he's standing on third, leading off third because he wasn't even thrown out of the game. I don't believe. <laughs> that, you know, like I was just like, wait, these guys didn't get tossed. Out of the game, it was just this hard play. I'll have to find it. Maybe I'll post it on on the social medias. Uh, and if you're uh, list to the listeners, if you're going, how oh, that Lenny Randall name sounds uh, familiar? Yes, uh, yeah. we, we did a little a little uh, deep dive on him on uh, the very first episode. He's also the guy that blew the ball foul for the Mariners. Um, go watch uh, or Google MLB's most interesting man, Lenny Randall. He's got an interesting story. I don't think they added that into the documentary. I got to go check that out. Uh, Chris, I think uh, to your to your point of the different eras of, you know, these sports, 80s, 90s, right? We're talking about a little different attitude, uh, especially when we're talking about, you know, old basketball and even baseball. Um, I think one of the things you got to recognize is they were on some different supplements in the 80s. There was a lot of aggression happening with those supplements. Um, you know, most of them were being consumed uh, in the locker room before the game. Um, there was there was a lot of anger. So a lot of those fights, I think, were 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 coming from you know that uh, in in all those sports, and uh, it's pretty well documented. He's talking about cocaine. Are you talking? I was thinking more steroids, weren't you? No, I was talking cocaine. Cocaine, oh, okay. meth, uh, amphetamines, uh, everything they're talking about on the uh, the uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens uh, five part series on ESPN. I mean, you could just this is this is a hard drug. Yeah, this but is a hard drug. Uh, you know, portion portion of the podcast just devolves into discussion. Mariner catcher Mark Hill doesn't know we have hidden cameras. You guys ain't got no hidden cameras around here, do you? Oh, no, no. We just wanted to ask you about these two baseballs. Which one do you think is the whiter of the two, Mark? Well, I would say this one. It's all brand new and white. You picked this one here. Do you know which right. ball you just picked, Mark? You picked the Mariner's ball. No, you're kidding me. That's right. you got to be kidding. No. Ball night is Saturday, August 16th at the Kingdom. Every kid 14 and under gets a new baseball free. I like this baseball. I would come to ball night forward to this weekend the uh red Sox are coming the red Sox are coming it's gonna be wicked fine down there at the ballpark um what do you guys think about this series Hannah, what do you think 
yeah, I just hope that they continue the streak of, you know, winning the series, winning a few games. Uh, it would be very disappointing if they weren't able to uh, come home and do it in front of the fans. So I'm just looking forward to them playing good hardball and hopefully winning two out of three. Parmesan? I'm just happy. Oh, sorry, my bad. Parmesan? Uh, there's no more disgusting team than the Houston Astros except for the Boston <laughs> Red Sox. Okay. Ooh, well, well, well said. And you, Kobe? Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad they're back home. I, we were texting off the podcast about this, about how uh, the discrepancy between uh, road and home games so far this year, and it feels like they've been road warriors because they have been. It's been nice to have them back home. I hope they come back home and play well to Hanno's point. Um, give give the fans uh, continued reason to be optimistic and excited. Um, you know, the Red Sox started off very much underachieving. Uh, they were brutal in April, uh, better in May, trying to make it up. And then I think they won seven in a row before tonight. Uh, so they're playing good baseball. They got a good lineup. I mean, any lineup that has any 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 lineup that has uh, Devers, uh, JD Martinez. Uh, in it is going to be tough, so they're they're going to battle. And and, uh, and we'll Trevor see, we'll see and Trevor, I didn't come to Seattle story uh, in that lineup. Right. Well. I know. I know who 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 single handedly uh, won the series for them uh, in in Boston. So we'll uh, we'll see. He just about hit a half a dozen home runs on us. So I mean, yeah, uh, we got to keep him in the pack, and uh, I in think the, we'll in be the pack. Right. Uh, can we can we start a new tradition here for the Red Sox Mariner series where we have uh, a chowder cook-off with some unlucky Boston fans and they can taste oh, what God. real chowder? I like that like? idea. I wonder. I, do. I, I wonder do. if the, I wonder if it's a rye bread and mustard equivalent podcast in Boston. You know, like uh, I don't know. Yeah, the chowder or some some bullshit thing, and then and then we could challenge them to uh, a a chowder cook-off because we do good chowder up here. Yeah, we should. I, it, that actually reminds me of a qu- quick story. Uh, uh, back when I was bartending, I used to bartend with this guy, Bill. He was from Boston. So he'd always have, like, his buddies from, like, family would come into town. And, you know, they'd all talk about the typical stuff, you know, the sacks. Being Celtics, wicked smart. smart. Yeah, all that shit. And so it's like the end of the night, we're cleaning the bar up, but his drunk friends are, like, staying in there talking. And they were talking about when... uh uh. Boston got Pablo Sandoval, you know, Kung Fu Panda. Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. guy was like, no, nah, no, nah, he's looking good. He's in shape. You know, he's, you know, he's stay, <laughs> staying the cost. You know, he's, he's looking good. And the other guys, he goes, yeah, but wait till after spring training when he gets up there, he'll start getting into the chowder. <laughs> 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 he goes, I was just like, oh my God, this is so, this is fucking awful. Um, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, this episode, what, 15 of the Rye Bread and Mustard uh, Mariners fan podcast. Uh, again, thanks to Parmesan LeBron, uh, Hanno and Edmonds, and Kopi, Chris Copacino. Um, we'll see you down. We'll be back next Sunday night, Monday morning, with a new episode. Uh, will be my last episode before I head back down to L.A. for a while. Um, with that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. 
Uh, keep sharing, subscribing, and downloading these. It helps us out. Give us some feedback. Rate the show. That really, really, really helps us out uh, a lot. And uh, Hannah, why don't you take us away? Charge. Charge. Charge it.